Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Courtney Robertson, and I was the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. A lot has changed since then. I got married, and I'm a mom to two amazing kids. Every week, I'm going to be talking to other reality stars about what happens when the cameras stop rolling, and you have to figure out what to do after reality. Hello, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Courtney here. I have a fun episode for you today. I am so excited to be talking to two of my favorite podcasters. They are best friends and they cover celebrity memoirs. They are experts in their field and we dive deep into Britney Spears' new memoir, The Woman in Me, uh, Jada Pinkett's book. They cover that next week on their podcast, as well as Julia Fox. They just interviewed her. That's right. That is the lovely lady that dated Kanye West after Kim Kardashian. We cover all that and so much more. It's a long episode, so let's get to our guests. I hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome back to After Reality. Today's guests, that's right, guests, are best friends and stand-up comedians based in Brooklyn, New York. They have ranked number seven on the U.S. comedy podcast charts, and they sell out live shows across the world from L.A. to London. It's Claire Parker and Ashley Hamilton, the hosts of Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Hi. Thank thank you for having us. This is our first time being like reverse interviewed by one of our memoirists. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm happy to pop your cherry. I, I did come on your podcast. Gosh, that had to have been like two years ago. Like two and a half years ago. I think it was, it was a like a while. January or February. Yeah. Oh, well, I loved it. You had me and my um, co-author Dibs on, and that's when I got introduced to you guys. And I have been an avid listener to your podcast every week. I don't think I've missed an episode. So, Oh my gosh. Oh my thank gosh. you. Yeah. So uh, thanks for hopping on. I'm honored to have you. You guys are legends. And I wanted to kind of give the listeners a little backstory. I'm sure a lot of people know who you guys are, but how Celebrity uh, Memoir Book Club got started, your best friends, if you guys want to share a little backstory about kind of what you guys do and how you got started. 
Okay, Ashley, I'll start and you can take over. I'll I'll, I'll pass you the ball. So we met actually, I think August 2017. Ashley, does that sound right? And we met in August. We have a very specific birthday of our friendship. We met through a third mutual friend who was part of a larger trio. It's been edited down to a duo. But anyway, we met, we were both stand-up comedians in Brooklyn and we realized there was no Britney Spears podcast. And we were like, how could this be possible? There's a hole in the market. We wouldn't, we weren't even super fans, but you know, anyone who grew up in the nineties, I think loved Britney Spears. And we're like, well, we could talk about her for hours. And so we did, we started a podcast that December and it went on for about a year and a half. And through the process of having to sit down and talk for an hour every week, we really did just become best friends. We got our five what is it like 5,000 hours in or whatever. So (laughs) we became 10,000 hours. We became best friends very quickly. And then the conservatorship started to make its rumblings. It was considered a conspiracy back in the day. The free Britney movement started and we were just two comedians having a laugh, remembering some old songs. And we were like, we got to get out of this place. Like we're not here to discuss somebody's freedom every day. This is too stressful. So we quit that and we started a new podcast about how we fight all the time (laughs) because me and her have gotten into some fights. And so we started a new podcast and we want to talk about dating or we wanted to talk about friendship, the way people talk about dating. And so it was called We're in a Fight with Claire and Ashley. The problem was it turns out when you're talking about a fight you have with your best friend every week, it actually makes you fight more. So that was pretty toxic. And then Ashley, I'll let you take it home. (laughs) Yeah. And we realized we love talking about pop culture, but we, we are not comfortable. A lot of people call us gossip, gossip girls. We're not comfortable with the like scrounging and digging through someone's information to like exploit their life story. Like we do like talking about pop culture and talking about public figures and analyzing things, but we like doing it from the perspective of like what people are sharing, because a lot of times you can look at what someone's sharing and say, well, that can't possibly be the whole truth. Or like that can't possibly like this contradicts this, you know, what I, there's a Or, you know, if this is the truth that you want us to know, that's a truth I don't like about you. (laughs) Celebrity memoirs were really emerging as a second wave of very prominent people's careers. So like Mariah Carey had just announced a memoir. Jessica Simpson had just come out with a memoir. These people who'd been huge in our childhood, who had been huge in this like uh, tabloid cycle, were coming out and telling their own stories. And so we decided that a really interesting way to talk about pop culture without um, having to dig through anyone's dirty laundry would be to just read the information they want us to know. And it's so funny. It really did come from, I think, doing the Britney Spears podcast, even though we started it kind of in this kind of, kind of tongue in cheek way of, oh, here's there's a hole in the market. We did fall in love with her. When you go back and just like look at her being interviewed, oh. watch her dancing, you're like, oh, she is just a bright light of human adorability. She's so polite. She's so cute. She's so charming. And we fell in love with her. And when you go through the timeline of her life, you don't need a documentary. You don't need a memoir to realize how badly she was exploited, how awful people treated her, the way the paparazzi treated her. And it was because of the way that the paparazzi and the press was like used to force her into this conservatorship that we stepped back and said, okay, how do we keep talking about celebrities in a way that feels ethical? Because we don't want to Britney Spears, another person. And so it's funny, so much of our current podcast, which is about memoirs, came from the moral code that we developed after studying Britney. And I like to say we did our undergrad in Britney and we did our grad in memoirs. And so for Britney to have a memoir, I'm like, oh, this is the thesis. It's go time. (laughs) Like, I don't normally say we're experts and we're like qualified, but I'm like, we are qualified to talk about this memoir. Yeah, we've like truly never had like a 
distinct background in understanding like the ins and outs and like the context of every story someone has told in a memoir. And so reading her book, we were like, okay, yes, this makes sense that like, it is one of those things where there were like certain characters, I think that were left out for like clarity's sake and storytelling. But I think that for the most part, like it really did just like march along exactly with the years of research we did. <laughs> this was like the Olympics for you guys. I mean, you were bigger. bigger What's more the, important than the Olympics? The Olympics <laughs> happens every four years. This happens once in a lifetime. <laughs> this was like, I'm so glad I got you guys this week. I was like, oh my gosh, the stars aligned. I mean, this was a big week for you guys. You started your podcast talking about Britney Spears and then her book drops yesterday. This is going to come out um, soon. But anyway, I mean, talk about a hole in the market. I mean, you guys are, like you said, they're giving you, these celebrities are coming out with memoirs. So you guys, basically read them and then dissect them together and the way you do it it's really a fine dance do you guys like have a a system do you guys talk ahead of time because it really is seamless and then you guys are snarky and (laughs) sassy it's really if you're not listening people go give it a listen especially for those like me I have two kids I have I can't sit down and read a book I haven't picked Especially up a not book. these. Can I say, even <laughs> right. if you're going to pick up a book, it should not be Tori Spelling's life story. <laughs> even people who are big readers, I'm like, oh, don't don't waste your reading time on on all of Tori Spelling's books. Like there are a couple books where we'll come out and be like this. If you're going to sit down and read a celebrity memoir, here are a couple that you could thumb through. And I don't think it'd be a waste of your time. I would say 80% of the books that we cover we do it as a service. No one should read them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so great. So do you guys talk ahead of time? Like, are you like, I'm going to, I mean, you guys do, it's really amazing what you do. It's well, first and foremost, we talk constantly. That's what I was going to say. It's hard to say (laughs) if we talk ahead of time or if we're just like perpetually talking. Like we do talk ahead of time because we're never not talking to each other. Here's the pattern. Here's the pattern of what happens every book. Ashley always starts before me and she'll be like, oh my God, Claire, you'll never believe it. Blah, 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 blah. happens. It's so insane. And then I get nervous. I go, oh my God, Ashley's like two thirds done with this book. I have to get, I've peddled the metal. I have to sit down and read it. And then I'll start reading the day before and I'll go, oh my God, this crazy story that she couldn't hold back from telling me is page three. Because oh. often what these people do is they will, their first chapter or their prologue will put you a plumb in the middle of the most crazy thing that's ever happened in their lives and then it's very much like and then then it's very much and I'll bet you wonder how I ended up here but what Ashley always does is she reads that part she goes oh my god Claire you'll never believe what happens in this book and then it turns up that's page one Ashley I will say is very intuitive and so I feel like what we we talk throughout and then I feel like we tend to read right beforehand. I mean, we're plowing through these. A lot of times I'm sitting down, waking up at like 6 a.m. the morning of an episode record and just like running through it as fast as I can. Reading? Wow. I don't even read that. I think I read at a very average pace. Just most people aren't getting paid to sit down and finish a book. So like if you read from 6 a.m. till 1 p.m., you too would be able to finish a book, I think. But most people have no reason to read like that. I would need a nap. I would be like... I'd be so tired. I guess you do you drink coffee? What do you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely yeah. Coffee, drink coffee and a hard chair. You can't read in bed. You can't read in a comfy couch. My eyes will close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it also a good tip. A, it's like the looming deadline, like knowing you have to finish it by this date. Otherwise, the thing that you have like 
The thing is, it's not even a job we were hired to do. It's a job we begged people to let us do. So you can't miss a deadline. Wow. And the other thing is me and Ashley have a big internal conflict about who is the late one. <laughs> I would say she is more late than me, but because she's late, I'm now late. The, it, it does become this thing where every day we go, okay, hard 2 p.m. We'll meet at the studio 2 p.m., right? And you don't want it more than even honoring the listeners. I need to honor myself and not letting Ashley win the weekly battle of who shows up on time. <laughs> Isn't that the truth though? Every, in every friendship, there's somebody who's always late. My sister always late drives me nuts. I will say yeah. I, in most of my life, I think I'm on time. I will cough and only on this podcast and never again, Ashley. So count your lucky stars. <laughs> In regards to Ashley, I too can be a bit late, but in real life, I'm not. So I do blame her. She like taught me to be late. Well, it sounds yeah, like you guys like, are in going into the studio, right? I mean, you both live in Brooklyn. Is that right? Yeah, yes. we both live in Brooklyn. We both live not that far, even for this Brittany episode. So I actually was later than Claire, but only because I got to the studio and realized I left the book at home. So <gasps> I had to like I like got to the studio. I was so proud of myself for being, we planned a hard, we, we planned to do 930 to get there at 930. So we could start recording by 10 at 925. I get to the studio and I don't have my book. So I had to call an Uber to go home and back. Cause usually I take the subway, but I was like, we got to go as fast as possible. <laughs> and when I called Claire to tell her how late I was going to be, she was still waiting for the bus. I will oh, say in my defense, I live a bus right away and a bus is not the train. The bus comes every 15 minutes and it takes a really long time. And that is because I live in a section of town that is not serviced the way her section. I'm sorry that I live in a less well-served part of society, but I can't help that. That's a structural and social ill. And I think we don't need to go straight to Mayor Eric Adams and talk about why Bed-Stuy doesn't have more train services into Brooklyn. But that I can't be held accountable for an infrastructure failing. <laughs> See, this is my point, though. You're in New York and you it's hard to get around. I lived in New York for a while. I lived on the uh, Lower East Side and it's mm -hmm. hard to get around. You guys have built in excuses, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. In like, in LA. I mean, driving. Oh my gosh. But well, good for you guys. I'm so proud of you for, I mean, you guys have really done an incredible job building this. Um, you've been doing it since 2020 and you guys now are doing live uh, tours, which is incredible. Um, but I wanted to ask you, do you ever listen to audible or are you guys just strictly hard copies? We're hard copy people because even though we are a podcast and we we hope that people will listen to us in an engaged way. We personally, personally, and I speak for both of us, are not good listeners. <laughs> so We definitely have ADD. I also think we read faster than the Audible book. Sometimes I think these books are like 16, 17 hours. And I'm like, well, I don't have that much time. Also, the way, okay, to so get back to how we do it. One yeah. of our key components is you have to highlight as you go, because when we do the episodes, we literally do thumb through every single page of the book and look for what we've highlighted to remember what is like a key plot point or a key quote that we find like revealing about the overall character or the writer or the themes that we think are present. And if you don't highlight it, you will not find it again because we're just, you can't reread the book as you're sitting there. That's another six hours. So for that reason, having the book in front of us, I think keeps us honest. It keeps us bound to the text because we do want to be faithful to the text. We have our opinions, but our opinions come from the text. And so we need to have it right there in front of us. Yeah. So to like so go, 
back to like what we tend to discuss, we usually like kind of just get into the studio and like talk at each other about what we think are the most important like themes and concepts from the book. And then we'll have our highlighted passages to back them up. And so then we'll use like when we talk about the episode, we'll introduce our themes like as they come up and then kind of keep referring back to the same concepts as we get to the passages that support those concepts. And that's just kind of how the podcast comes together. It's funny. It, next week is Jada. Is blown. Oh, I was going <laughs> to ask you about that. And I, I wanted to touch on the fact that you guys start each episode with so fun. Like what would your uh, chapter be called this week in each other's uh, memoirs? I would love to know because this was a big week for you guys. I have to say this has been like a, I, I don't know if this is a good chapter title, but it'd be like, right where you were going this week has definitely felt like the culmination of a lot of years of work. And we've had a lot of people reach out to us for interviews. And a lot of people have come to us specifically to be like, we trust your opinion on this situation. We hope we do the book justice. And I saw Brittany herself said she was very disappointed in the way that the headlines have been so taken out of context and it's all like clickbait and stuff. And I did have the sense of like, okay, we can come and give her the credit she deserves. And there is a real sense of like, okay, we've gotten good at something. We've put in a lot of work and I, oh. I'm excited to be able to do her book justice. So it's like a full circle, you know, yeah. like every, I mean, that's got to feel so good. What about, what about you? What I would, would you I would consider this week, I, me and Claire always joke about not having a real job and how we like, don't work hard. We do work very hard. And this week we <laughs> put in a lot of hours to get a few episodes done to get ahead so that we can work on some other projects that we have underway. And I would say overall, we, we've been really putting some, some serious hours in. And so I feel like we, I feel very proud of us as two people who are the bosses of our own um, successful company, even though something maybe I would call my, my chapter. She really does have a job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I know how that feels. I've been doing my podcast for a year and it's early days for me, but like I, I saw you guys hit the charts and now you're touring. I mean, this has been your baby and it's so, I'm so proud of you guys. This is, it's really Thank cool. And I mean, it really yeah. is an untapped market. So um, I definitely want to talk about Jada. I want to talk about Jessica Simpson, <laughs> but for the listeners, maybe you could give us a little taste about Britney Spears. I know, go listen to this week's episode, you guys. Um, them covering Britney Spears' book, "The Woman in Me." You'll, I like speed listen to it. It was so good, but I would love your take on it for it being such a full sor- yeah. circle moment for you guys having a podcast about Britney Spears. So, what did you guys think? It sounds like you were completely satisfied. And the takeaways, obviously, like the headlines, and I, I understand why Brittany was a little upset about some of the clickbait that happened to me too. Uh, you can't control the headlines. Mm-hmm. Can I say, but- if you have ever been in any sort of prominent relationship, which of course you have, and you know, of course, Brittany has, if you've ever been in any sort of public facing relationship, that's what the headlines grab. It's so insane the way like a woman can only be like interesting through the context of a man because her story is so interesting. Your story is so interesting. Like all of these books are so fascinating beyond who anybody has ever dated. And that is all anybody ever picks up. It's crazy. 
Oh, ain't that the truth? I've been there. <laughs> I, I wrote my book and oh my God, it was all sex headlines and this and that. And, um, but I would love to like hear your guys' takeaways. Um, Ashley, do you have any that you want to start with? Um, I think overall, it's hard to pick one takeaway. Cause I think again, we've like been so entrenched in Brittany for like, you know, such a large part of my adult life. <laughs> but I think that Overall, it did confirm essentially everything that I had ever thought and everything that I'd ever like hoped wasn't true. Like a lot of the things that I didn't want to have confirmed are true. Like the worst reality was the reality. Um, But I think that one important thing about this book and the thing that I keep saying really shocked me is the hope and the optimism in it, because I don't think that I don't think I'd be able to have that if I had been like had 13 years of my life. Like think about how important age like 27 through 40 is. Mm. That's it's huge. And to have that stripped away entirely is so devastating. And the fact that like she is still able to like hold anger without it, like weighing her down and kind of like poisoning her. I Okay. There's anger, but there's not bitterness. And I think that that is really wonderful and impressive. Mm, that's so I nice. think for me, yeah, for me, it was going back and looking at what it really is that she was accused of doing that was so awful. And the way that to this day, some assholes online can still be like, well, she's crazy. She has to be in a conservatorship. And it's like, first of all, even if she was, does that mean she doesn't get to have a personhood anymore? And mm-hmm. second of all, and speaking to you too, like the what it was that people were so mad at you about when we vilify these women and are ready to lock them up and throw them to prison and like write them off and just give ourselves permission to say the meanest possible thing we can about somebody, what was their crime? And Brittany says this constantly in her book. She kept going, okay, I was wearing a crop top and okay, I went out dancing with my friends, but am I a criminal? Did I rob a bank? Did I hurt anybody? And she's like, they were treating me like I was a mass murderer. And I was like, it's so true. The way that society acted like she needed to just be pulled down to the dregs of hell because she liked to dance and she was good at it. And people found her hot. Is that a crime? And even you, like, I guess what you did is you went on The Bachelor, which is a made up reality show where they create rules where you have to compete to win a boyfriend and you competed to win the boyfriend and then you won and people were like, that bitch. I know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't, what did you do? I mean, what did you do? It was so awful. I don't know. And that's why I wrote the game. (laughs) Right. I did. I did. That's so the game that they invented. If you don't think a bunch of women should date one man, maybe don't create a TV show where that's the premise. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I was, I was like there to compete, I guess. I I know. Then I was engaged. Oh my gosh. That's why I was so glad I was able to write my book, but you know what? That's really interesting. And, And I remember when you guys were talking about that feeling that like resonated with me as well, but like, and then the paparazzi and then she, she really, I feel like from just listening to your podcast, she really didn't hold back. Like yeah. stuff that like the headlines are picking up all that stuff. But like she talked about shaving her head. Obviously, Justin Timberlake uh, should be canceled. I am. I cannot believe that whole album came out. Cry me a river and that whole thing. And like she what happened there? She just she wasn't guilty even then. I think that's when it started to be quite yeah. honest. Oh, well, that's what we always say. I do. I feel like a lot of my anger towards Justin Timberlake, I think like out of context, if the rest of her life hadn't unfolded the way it unfolded, I think I'd be like, oh yeah, what an asshole. But I think that the way that she was America's sweetheart and he ripped the rug out and said, no, 
I'm America's sweetheart. She's a bitch. And like the way that the dominoes cascaded from there, I'm like, yeah, you can't go and undo that. What you've done, what you did, you did. And I do genuinely believe that like where her life ended up is because of the way he said, like, just because she's sweet and cute doesn't mean that she's not a stupid bitch. And then like Mm. they, and then people hated her. And then everything she she could do no right and everything and people were so mean to her. She had no one in her life. It just was so awful. It seems really lonely. Her life seems very – I mean, I pretty she pretty much says that. But was there anything in the book that – I mean, it sounds like you guys have been following it very closely for years that was really surprising to you or that you were like, aha, I knew it. I mean, I know there was a lot of aha yeah. moments, but was there anything I, that was shocking to you guys? I, I will say the abortion is just a fact that I don't think anybody knew till now. Um, that mm-hmm. was shocking. I think as I, this sounds so like corny, but the amount of grace that she gives, the way that she sets up her dad and goes, well, he came from this abusive man. Mm-hmm. And I have, she says, I still have dreams where my grandfather who abused my father comes to me and says, I'm sorry for what I did to him, which made him do this to you, but I've changed and I love you. And the fact that she can have that much grace and compassion for the person who has stolen her life from her. So that I found shocking. And then the other thing that I I knew, but to see it again, I knew that she didn't like all those documentaries just because to her, it's like reliving the worst years of her life. She is so humiliated by that photo of her shaving her head. And I think to us, you know, we've all forgiven her. We've all moved on. We don't get so mad about it anymore. But it still is like an acute pain for her, I think. And she has this little section and we didn't, we didn't talk about it in the book, but she says, oh, my current husband, they're not divorced. But at the time, her current right. husband, Sam, tells me that actually these days women shave their head all the time. And it's like a show of beauty and not being within the box of the patriarchy. And that is actually a really cool thing to do. And something about the way that to this day, 15, 16 years later, that she's still trying to tell herself it was OK that I did that and like walk back her own shame is really heartbreaking to me because it just shows you that like we've moved on but she is right there still she's still reeling yeah Mm. I will say I guess one other moment that I think was genuinely surprising to me was that on the night that she shaved her head she had gone to try to see her children who had been taken from her and and the paparazzi had followed her and watched her not be let in and watched her be humiliated and watched all these things happen to her and then the money shot is her having a complete and utter mental breakdown. And like, I understand the money is not in context. Like the money is like, look at how crazy she is. But like the humanity, like the way they don't view her as a person. I don't understand how you could watch someone experience this. And they're following her around. They're watching her every day be like rejected from seeing her her young children. I don't, I just like don't understand how they were like, watching her face to face like it was a tv show that they could then make money off of oh i I mean it's all about the money it's all about the dollar dollar bills which is so sad and then i mean she ended Mm -hmm. up following up for at one point for a paparazzi which kind of makes sense because he probably made her feel safe and protected her in a way which remember was did she talk about him at all in the book Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yes. A bit, so yeah. she's with him when she gets 51 50 and she does oh. say he protected me and he let me be who I was. And we kind of talk about how I think when you're at a rock bottom like that and everybody's being mean to you, you know, the least douchey guy in a sea of douchebags comes across. And I also think, right. I mean, I wasn't there and she doesn't say this in a, her book, but my feeling was he was the only person saying, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. Get up and dance on the table, act how you want to act. Mm-hmm. And she saw that as like permission to be herself. I do cynically feel that that was him knowing that the more crazy she seemed to the public, the easier she'd be to alienate from her friends. Like, you know, what I mean, he was keeping her in that place of isolation by encouraging her to act in a way that could then be used against her. He also was a paparazzi. I wonder what photos he's getting. You know what I mean? I don't think it was in his best interest or in her best interest for him to be like supporting her acting herself Mm. you guys you guys everybody listening go listen to (laughs) the full episode i we can't give all of your your secrets away right now but i thoroughly enjoy all of your i mean you guys have how many do you even know how many episodes you've done i've listened like i said to almost all of them we've put out 50 a year for the last three years so i would say it's close to 150 probably (laughs) Wow. For a bit. For a while, we were doing two, for a short while, not even that long, we were doing two weeks per episode or per book. So we would read a book and yeah. So I would say we've probably done a hundred, between a hundred and 120 books. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your eyes must be tired. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, and you recently interviewed Julia Fox, which you guys- I was blown away. I was pleasantly surprised by her. So really great. I feel like she doesn't want to be known as like strictly the person who dated Kanye West, but I think she's like pretty aware that that is what like made her a household name kind of. You know what I felt my fit because we, I think me and Ashley both went into that interview being like, we are going to pay her a respect as a full fledged woman. She's not just Kanye's girlfriend of a month. Mm-hmm. And I think we were went in with very few questions about Kanye and she was very willing to talk about it. Like 
without prodding from us. I think she was more open to talking about it than we were even prepared for. Which is and great. I, You're like, oh my god. Which gosh. is great. Yeah, we were like, give us the deets. And it was interesting to hear behind someone like Kanye, who is such a an organization of themselves with an entourage and a business to hear yeah. the inner workings of those. But I my feeling was, does she want to be known as Kanye West's girlfriend? No, but I almost think it's like a PTSD response to when you are caught up in a whirlwind like that. And then everyone in the world has an opinion about your life. Like she did go zero to a thousand. I'm sure it's like how you yeah. feel when you look back at when you were going through that press whirlwind. Sure. It was a small time in your life and you don't want to be known as the girl from the bachelor, but you're, I'm sure you're like, but I could keep talking about it. Cause it fucked me up. It was like a crazy scenario that I don't know that you ever, I mean, even right. the few times I've been picked up and gone viral and people have gotten mad at me about certain things. Mm-hmm. You look back and you go, okay, all in all, it was about 72 hours, but oh my God, I'm still like, it's hard to recover from people really don't get it (laughs) oh absolutely until you've gone through it and like I always say like it just gets washed out to see you know like it's like the next headline but it lives Mm -hmm. within you and I before I even went on the bachelor I dated celebrities publicly I I uh, went out with Jesse Metcalf who was the real housewives guy and I talked about a lot of that stuff in my book but even that I mean I had Paris Hilton writing on the blogs at the time remember he used to write in white ink over people yes. yes wrote on me but ugly and mind you I'm like a, in my early 20s like I don't I, you know my style was pretty whack I'm not gonna lie <laughs> but I modeled in New York too for a while and I remember meeting girls even to this day um going back to Julia Fox like that would get linked up with like um actually uh I know you guys like Ashley Simpson what's her husband's name oh uh, uh, Ross yeah, or, he used to hang yeah. out with me and my model friends. We lived in the model apartment and him and his bodyguard used to pick us up and take us out. And he was actually hanging out dating. I don't know if you'd call it dating one of my model roommates, um, <laughs> but you'd see these girls. And I feel like not that that's Julia Fox, but I've seen a lot of models um, in my day date celebrities, but not somebody as big as Kanye West. I mean. That's a a big one. I think what she said, and this is when she says, oh, you're only famous because of Kanye. She says that exactly. She goes, okay, who is his girlfriend after me? I mean, he has a wife right right now, Bianca Sensori. How many people besides me can come up with that that name? And they've not been fully married. (laughs) I know. I can't believe that, which is bizarre to me. Has he officially been canceled or is she just that uninteresting? I think she's just that uninteresting, but that's what Julia says. She goes, what he liked about me is that I got him press, but the reason I got him press is because I didn't go along hundred percent with what he said, but what he hated about me is that I did. So it was like this battle she said in that he likes the press, but he wants like a robot girlfriend. And I think Bianca fulfills the robot girlfriend, but it's not that interesting to watch somebody you've never heard of just follow around Kanye West and do whatever he says. <laughs> That's not charisma. And That's I not an it the- factor. Like the only time people ever comment on them is when she's, when he's wearing something insane or when she's wearing something that like Kim wore or something, you know what I mean? Like when they emulate Kim Kardashian or something, then there's like something to talk about, but it's never about like, no one cares. I don't know her name. (laughs) You just said it three times and I can't even recall. Her whole book that when you guys covered her book was so interesting to me, like just the story, like I said, I didn't know what to expect and I really was touched by her story. I mean, she had quite... The life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for you to get to interview her in person, that's got to be kind of trippy. It was so cool. It was, it was wild. She wrote, reached out to us and we were like, who the hell does she think we are? <laughs> yeah. It oh was so God. crazy. And we keep on, we're always like, and she just came alone. And people are like, I don't know why that feels like 
she just strikes me, especially because she has such a community and she's such a like, um, a th- like kind of ethereal like figure. You're just like, oh, well, she travels 10 deep. You know what I mean? I, there's some, right. for some reason she has like this energy about her where I always imagine her with like seven people around her at all like times. Like star power. She definitely has that like, yeah. st- like star power. Yeah. Well, I was thoroughly impressed and <laughs> I wondered if you guys got the galleys like Britney Spears book. Did you have to to buy it and like pre-order it and then just power read or are they because you guys should be getting the galleys. And if I can help in any way, you know, you they send out the books to the media with what you guys are doing. You have over 50,000 followers. You're doing live tours. Would that be helpful to you guys? Do you get them? We do sometimes. It's definitely a book to book thing. With this, we had an inside person who was not able to get it to us. And people keep saying, oh, they got the ARC, the advanced reader copy. What we did is we had a listener. And let me tell you, everything we've ever gotten in this world comes straight from listeners. And we are like forever grateful to the worms. Your worms? (laughs) Yeah, they have a little tips for us. A worm hit us up and goes, hey, I got the Britney Britney book on Friday at an Upper East Side indie bookstore. And we were like, really? So Ashley called and said, could we get it early? And they were like, we'll give it to you Monday, but we can't give it to you earlier than that. And I said, let me just go up there. I bet they can't say it on the phone, but I biked all the way to the Upper East Side on Sunday. And it was these two girls in their twenties. And I went to the back of the store and I said, I need something. I have to ask you for a secret request. And mostly I begged and they were like, okay, we'll go down there and see. But they were very game. And I have to say, that's why you have to go support indie bookstores because you can't beg Amazon, but you can beg just two girls being paid hourly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, queen. Yes, Claire. That is so you biked there. I bet. Did you call Ashley right away? You're like, Oh, yeah. oh my God. I was freaking. I was like, I've secured the bag. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, we, I mean, that's the thing is there, I will say there are places that will send us advanced reader copies, but it's never really the ones that people are like clamoring for on day one. And we've had a handful of inside sources who will just be like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, you can, I know it's at your desk. I know it's there. Just Trust us, we've never violated, like, and I I know I say that I don't believe in NDAs, but like, we've never, ever leaked information from a book early. And like, the New York Times can't even say that. So let us have the books. <laughs> well, definitely okay, the I, Britney one. Yeah. We need you guys everybody to get them early. So you can have yeah. like, a 100%. And just so you guys can get a jump on what you do. So that's the case- thing is it's not just reading it's we record and that takes a couple hours and then to edit takes another 15 to 20 hours because wow. we record about two, we record like two and a half hours when we sit down and just gab and then we edit it down to about 90 to 120 minutes, I'd say. So we're cutting a lot out. We have a full-time editor now, which we're so grateful for, but it's definitely like, it's not just like, oh, we read it and we push it out there. We need at least two days Prince Harry, we had to sit down and it was like a, it was just an all nighter. It was like being back in college. (laughs) That one was treacherous because that one, there was just no way to get it early. So we had to get it Tuesday morning, read it Tuesday, record it Wednesday, edit Wednesday afternoon into night, release it Thursday. And I guess, again, we don't have to do these things, but it feels like that's the job. <laughs> hey, your chapter this week is called I guess I do have a job and that is yeah. the, that is the sweat equity, okay? I mean, I totally can relate to that and you guys have been doing this for 2020. I mean, podcasts aren't going anywhere. Um yeah. and I wanted to ask you that like have you been able to monetize it the way you like? Is it just are you on an upward trajectory because you got to, you know, you have an editor which is excellent. Um 
but you're doing something kind of unique and you should get paid for your talents. Is it, are you monetizing you. it the way you, you would like to be? You know, there's um, always room to adjust, but we're, <laughs> we do okay. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. definitely are able to play ourselves like full time and stuff. So it's, we don't have day jobs anymore. This is our full-time day job. And I think whenever we get like angry seeing somebody else who are like, well, how come they got that brand deal or how come they get to do this? We kind of have to look at each other and say, the goal was to pay rent being best friends. And we did sort of figure out a way to do that. So we have to, <laughs> we have to count our blessings where we got them. It's not a bad gig and we get to just hang out and it does, it does pay the rent. So we're we try hey, to be grateful. You live in Brooklyn. So that's <laughs> yeah, I, it's high rent. <laughs> high rent. That's uh, excellent, you guys. So um, what's next for you guys? What are your uh, do you have some goals? Are you gonna you're getting ready to tour again? Where can people see you live? Actually, yeah. are you in Arizona? I am in Arizona. Oh my god, we're coming there. We're Stop gonna be in it. Phoenix. We're doing Phoenix uh January 18th. 18th. Oh, I'll be here. I oh, my gosh. gosh. I hope it. Yay. And then we're doing um LA the 19th. And then we have two New York Christmas Spectacular shows, the 7th and the 8th at the Bell House. And we are doing, we're about to do Philly and DC, uh, the Next Bay Area. Weekend. We're doing San Francisco and Denver two weeks after that, right before Thanksgiving. So yeah. those are the. Those are on the list right now. So if you live in one of those cities or are in driving distance, please oh. come out. <laughs> I will be there. I will oh my God. Be, absolutely, I will be there. I am your guys' number one fans. And <gasps> that's major. I mean, you do a podcast and you're touring. So um, that's pretty cool. And I know uh, you guys said that you have Jada coming out next week. Have you guys read the book yet? It's been covered a yes. lot. but So we actually recorded the episode already because we oh, didn't great. know it. If we'd get Brittany. <laughs> Brittany's was amazing. So what do you guys think about Jada? I'm a little overhearing about it, but I'll be listening to your episode. Did you guys like the book? I've heard some mixed reviews. You know, I, I didn't, didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I did not like it, but I don't, you know, there's like a lot there that I, I feel like, I feel like it's a lot of therapy speak without any, um, therapy like real therapy <laughs> without any without applying because I I think that you know she's from she's spent the last 30 years in like an ironclad like superhero family basically they don't talk about the truth and I don't think she's used to she like it's a lot of feigned vulnerability you know you know what and I would say think, our big thing yeah our big thing is like we really love it when people are honest and vulnerable and I think she is being an, as honest and vulnerable as she can be without being honest to herself. And that's the problem because, yes. because she won't admit the big mistake of her life. She needs to get divorced. They're not happy in that relationship. Right. I think even in this fake separation that they've done, she's still so yoked to him that she will never be able to be her own person. And she's expressing every like depression and sadness and doing everything she can to try to work on herself without addressing the elephant in the room, which is that she just needs to get divorced. And so it's hard to watch. I have sympathy for her, but up to a point, she is so wealthy and she is so privileged to hear her be like, and then I tried to go to Vietnam and meet a mentor there. And then I met a Buddhist monk and then I tried mushrooms and then I tried ayahuasca and I'm doing ayahuasca weekly and we're all doing ayahuasca as a family. And, and you're just like, just get a divorce. Like, like it does kind of jump the shark, so to speak. And that I am like, this is not, I don't, 
until you can be honest with yourself, don't sit here and tell me how to fix my life if you won't do the one thing yeah. staring you in your face. That's the thing. Wow. Is I'm not saying her problems are like easily fixable, but the root of her problems, in my opinion, in the way she writes about it, I'm like, well, you ha- you won't even address it. And so it's hard for you to be giving like therapy advice and like revealing all these details. Where I'm like, this isn't even an important detail. What you need to do is just admit that you hate Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, it, by the way, he's always seemed a little bit whipped over her. He's always seemed a little bit more interested in my opinion. Right? Nope. That is, no, that is the narrative that he put out there because he's like a self-marketing genius. Oh, um, yeah, he loves he to be seen as a wife guy. I think I think he knows a that being wife a wife guy, guy in this day and age is actually people love to look at a wife guy. And he is not. He's like a self-serving narcissist from hell. And she is <sighs> Why like am I not surprised in this relationship where she like, is obsessed with like, I think she's like really thinks that she's not making him look bad. But like anytime you tell a story about him, he looks really bad. And I I think even she talks about that whole August entanglement thing. And even that was manipulated by him. She was supposed to be alone doing that Red Table Talk episode. He showed up last minute, got all weepy. Meanwhile, the truth is they were fully separated at that point. Right. It sounds like it's been years. They yeah. they were not together when she dated that man, and he had been dating lots of people. In fact, it's kind of implied in the book that he had been cheating throughout their relationship, and she had just said, as long as you're honest with me about it. So for him to get up there and act so betrayed was completely dishonest. And But the weird thing about Jade is that she put it out anyway. Her own producer right. said, don't put this out. I would be you like, like the villain. can this? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm everybody said to her, it. when you put this out, the narrative will look like you cheated on him and you're a bad wife. And she did it anyway. And that is like the question within her. Why is she obsessed with murdering herself for him when he has never made a sacrifice for her? And it's evident in his book. When he says, my family begs me to spend time with them, but they don't understand I'm supporting them in a different way. I need to be financially stable for them. If you have hundreds of millions of dollars, you have time to spend with your family. You're good. And he keeps saying it. And then you hear it from Jada and she goes, all I ever wanted was for him to like connect to me, but he never had time. I mean, he never once gave her emotional comfort. She straight up says something that's been hard for me is he doesn't really care about feelings. And I think I need somebody to hear my feelings. And you go, that is the bare minimum in a relationship. And it's just very evident that he wanted a wife and a mother to his children. And it was like a second in command. He wanted a deputy officer to his, I call him like the mayor of a city, basically. But he he wasn't looking for a partner. He was looking for like a VP. Well, I I could see that. And by the way, I didn't even know he wrote a book. So, oh, yeah, um, you'll have to go back. I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go way back. But what about NDAs? Because if he's sleeping around with all these people, he must be having people sign NDAs. And I'm sure you come across this a lot. I love that Julia Fox, uh, going back to her, did not sign Kanye's NDA. Um, And I love that you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's brilliant, but I mean, if Will Smith is like, I mean, with all, I hate to say me too, not comparing sleeping, you know, being pretending to be married and sleeping with women in the wild, but how have there not been any stories or have there been of people that are hooking up with Will Smith? Can I say, I genuinely don't think that when a couple presents as like a strong couple that Hollywood is on the side of. I think when a couple presents that way, coming out and saying, no, I slept with him, it would only come down on the woman who's saying that she slept with him. Like, I don't – like, even look at that girl Sumner – 
what's her name who hooked up with Adam Levine or even just like got DMs from Adam Levine and like had all the receipts to prove it. So many girls, <laughs> Adam Levine and like Bahati like remained a strong unit. We just called that girl a slut. Like no one. I mean, for a minute, it was like interesting news, but like long-term everyone's like, who was that girl trying to get attention? Like no one is listening. Another- and I think the way that Jada and Will present as such a unit up until that's literally like point. last week I think if you had come out and said that you slept with Will Smith people only would have come for you thought you were crazy like yeah who's this person coming out of left field mm-hmm. I also do believe that he has NDAs backed by Scientology they their relationship to Scientology definitely it's not explained but you go oh you guys are buddies like what is going on there and then my other thing I would like to point out is that we actually spoke to somebody who worked at one of the big tabloid magazines, either us or people or something. And what she told us is they were well aware of the Duggar sexual abuse situation before it was broken, but because they had almost an exclusive rights to all Duggar news, they never, they never put it out there. They actually killed the story on purpose because they were much better off keeping a good relationship with the family and making the money they make off of exclusive wedding photos, exclusive baby photos, that that was such a cash cow for them that it was more beneficial to keep a good relationship with that family and tell constant good stories that are fed to them directly from the family and have those exclusive than it would have been for them to blow up the family entirely with this expose of sexual abuse in children. So I think if you look at that situation and think about how, I mean, the joke with the Smith family, the Will and Jada is they won't fucking shut up about their lives. And when you think about what they're constantly willingly feeding to the public and to the press, you have to wonder, would it long-term benefit an Us Weekly, a TMZ, a People to tell this negative story about them and lose access to Will and Jada? Or would it be better to say, if you keep feeding us, well, we will run every bad story by you. And that way they have this like symbiotic relationship. Which is like the Kardashians, they say. Yeah. As well. So I think that that's one of the things too, is like, if you read the blind items, there have been a lot of rumors about Will and Margot Robbie. I think in the blind item world that they hooked up when they did whatever that movie was together. So I think in the blind item world, it's been well known for a while, but I think there's no financial reason for one of the big magazines to shoot themselves in the foot and burn that bridge when Will and Jada are so willing to constantly give dirt on themselves. (laughs) That's a really good take. Claire. Oh my gosh. That's a hot take. You Thank guys you. could, uh, thanks. You could be like, you know, ducks Moy. How do you guys feel about her? Do you ever, she does like blind items at celebrity rag mag. Have you heard of her? I, I don't even know that one. Good. I we'll know about NT. I mean, I know crazy days and crazy nights. I think it's fun. I think I take yeah. it with a grain of salt, but I do think there's some truth to all of it, but I also am like, I don't right. know. It's yeah. just fun. It's just it's fun. fun. I do like that little kind of the fun um, yeah. aspect of it, like the make believe, like, oh, is it true? You know? Yeah. Uh, and like, even like Will Smith, like, they were saying that they had like a pink room and a blue room and that this has been going on for years. I don't know if that was in the book or if that was just something that was spoiled somewhere else, but. Dude, at one point, she's like writing this book and she just goes, I was waking up in my mother's guest room and I go, Jada, why are you living in your mother's guest room? Buy yourself a damn house. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I think um, maybe she wishes there was a pink room because it sounds like she was know, living off property. Like we know from his book that they lived on like a estate, like they had land, like a, a compound is what the word I'm looking for. So I'm like, why didn't you even have a little space on your compound? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, you must have so much knowledge in your brains. I loved your hot takes too on Jessica Simpson's book. You know, I did a photo shoot with her. I wanted to tell you guys that when she worked with Ken Paves and I, you know, you've covered her book twice, right? Did mm -hmm. she have a re like edition come out or something with like, no, but she was the first book we ever did. And we felt like after we had all this knowledge about other celebrity memoirs, we felt like now that we know the lay of the land, we were too hard on hers because hers was pretty dishy considering uh, what a yes, lot of other people write. Yeah, it, <laughs> but we didn't know. So that's why we were like, we have to go back and give her credit where credit's due. What was your opinion of her? What was she like in real life? Uh, she was sweet. Um, she was, you know, the celebrity of it all. But speaking of NDAs, they made me sign an NDA. It was right after her Nick Lachey um, announced their divorce. And oh, wow. Yeah. And so Ken Paves was there. It was her hair extension line. And I was in like a blonde wig half the time. She was so sweet. I mean, she, they kind of kept her separate, but at one point she came in, she's like, the model's cold. Somebody get the model a, a sweater or something, but she had like candles in her room, like specifics, like, and I've been around celebrities where they request, you know, you hear those things like she yeah. needed a certain candles. She needed carrot juice. And I remember hearing her say like, oh, I'm turning orange from drinking so much carrot juice. But the one <laughs> thing that I thought was interesting was she had a song on repeat, uh, RIP, Sinead O'Connor. Loved that episode. Um, Nothing come. Oh, my God. She had oh that on repeat. on repeat. What a bad vibe for a fucking hair commercial. Well, she was You're like smiling and your hair is going in the wind and Sinead is like crying. Well, they shot us separately and then together. So when she was shooting, that song was on repeat. I just feel like you use music to get you out of the funk to fake an e yes. energy. So it's an interesting choice to be like, what if we double down in my sadness for hair extension? But it's like a strong sadness. Maybe she's I like, signed I an NDA. Be... So I'm like, is she going to sue me now? Do those things expire? I mean, it's a really good feels... song. I don't feel like listen you for that info. And I feel like it could only help your pod for her to take you to court. That's like good promo. We, Zach Braff DM'd me one time when we had our old, old Britney podcast and hit on me and, <gasps> and we talked about it and we called him an enemy of the pod and we shared everything he DM'd me because he like DM'd me a black Santa Claus emoji, which we found really inappropriate because it was like July and it had nothing to do with anything. And we were like, well, why would he do this? And we called him an enemy of the pod for a while. And then he stopped talking to me because he lived right across from Union Square Park. And I worked at Union Square Park. And one day I saw he had taken a photo from his window. So I was like, oh, OK, he's across the street. And I was like, hey, you want to go get lunch? Figuring, well, that's like I hated my job. I was a temp. And I was like, well, that's something to do in the middle of the day. Right. Go get lunch with Zach Braff. And he didn't. He saw it and he didn't answer. And we're like, I wonder if you heard the episode. And we we're like, what if he sues us? But I'm like, no, he knows that he's so much bigger than us that it would only help us to sue. And I really, we kind of take that strong that it only benefits us when somebody that big sues us. So we're <laughs> probably in the clear because I don't think they want to bring more attention to anything we're saying. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. You had slips sliding in the DM and DMs. And I wanted to congratulate you. I know you're engaged. I, it's been a while since we talked. I don't know that ha if that happened since. Um, yes. Are you? I got ready? married. Oh, you I got did. married. Yeah, uh, a couple oh weeks gosh. ago. Well, oh, that's right. I did see the pictures. It was wild. Your pictures were amazing. Oh, we like. Well, we rented out a club for the reception after party, and I don't know my my husband's friends. They come from Canada and they come to party, so it was like a true. It was like a night out. It was like a real like club situation. Ashley, how did you hang with that? Were you there? Obviously, you had to. Be I there. mean, I stay up way later than Claire. 
I, I, I think I fully blacked out. I haven't blacked out in a really long time. I haven't partied that hard in a really long time. I, I feel like I still think of myself as a partier, but when I think about the last like five years of my life, I'm like, Oh wait, I think I might not really know how actually (laughs) you're still drinking at that threshold. And you're like, uh, I blacked out. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Ashley, are you single? I know you talk about it. I I mean, throughout the podcast and stuff, you're single. Have you, is there anybody to write home about? Have you been on any fun dates lately? I am like fully back off the dating apps. I'm just like leaving it to the wind. That's where I'm at. I heard you talking about that, getting off the dating apps, which I did those before I met my husband for a while. And I literally had to make it a job. And I was like, I need to carve out time a day. Like I'm going to do it for 20 minutes. I'm going to swipe. I finally ended up paying for that Bumble boost. So then you just see who swipes on you. I was like, well, might as well invest in this. Yeah. Uh, Saves time, right? Like you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. like these people have already swiped on me. And then, but it's, it's exhausting. So maybe just meeting somebody in the wild. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like I go off the dating apps for a while and then I get bored and then I'll be like, well, maybe I'll just go back on and see. But you're a redhead now. So, hey girl, it's looking (laughs) good on you. I thought maybe you'd meet somebody at Claire's wedding. One of those Canadians, one of those Canucks. She did. Oh, she did. (laughs) Okay. See, you're having fun. Well, yeah, uh, she had fun. It was a, it was a night. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her calling you out. Okay. Okay. Well, where can everybody find you? Yeah. We're sorry, everywhere you around. can listen to a pot. No, we love to chat. We both have bad ADD. So we're like, wherever too. the wind goes. <laughs> so we're on every podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. I don't know if you just, we're on YouTube. If you want to watch us, Um, we're not that yeah. we're, we got faces for podcasts, but we're, we are on YouTube. Should you want? Um, and then on Instagram and TikTok, we're Celebrity Memoir Book Club. And yeah, that's us. We're everywhere. We're begging for, to be found. So if you put in any kind of combo of those words, I think you'll find us. Yes. Uh, Congratulations on the best week ever. So much. Yes. This is so nice you. to talk to you. You too. It's so fun catching up and we will have you back another time. All right, that's our show. Huge thanks to Claire and Ashley. Go give Celebrity Memoir Book Club a listen. You will not be disappointed. Until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson, and this has been After Reality. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.